0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Double FM Sports. My name is Jared Mizraak, and today I am joined by Chase Ealy. Chase, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course, of course. For those of you who don't know, Chase is a phenomenal track and field athlete specializing in the throws. But before we get into the, you know, recent accomplishments, the professional career, when did you start throwing?
1: Um... I started throwing my freshman year of high school. Um, I switched to track and field after a lifetime of baseball and softball. Um, And yeah, I went to sprint and I just kind of threw on the side for fun. I didn't really turn into anything.
0: (laughs) Outside of baseball, softball, and then switching into track and field, was there any other other sports that you ever played?
1: Yeah, I played um, soccer. Uh, volleyball, basketball. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm a sporty person.
0: If you know, thank God, track and field worked out for you. But if it didn't, what sport would you you know think you pursue?
1: Probably volleyball. I Mm -hmm. loved volleyball.
0: Okay, and then is there any specific reason that you got into sports?
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess my, I've I've been playing sports since I was four with T-Ball, um, and, you know, my mom just, she was a single mom, and we needed to be somewhere at a certain time of day so she could get off work, so it really was just kind of coincidental, and then both my parents are pretty athletic, so I guess she assumed we'd probably be good at it, me and my sister, and we were, so it kind of became a lifelong commitment after that.
0: Now with? You know, all those sports, the sporty background, you eventually amounted to something pretty great. You won a number of state titles. And like you mentioned, you competed in two event groups. So what was that like?
1: Yeah, you know, it was really weird in high school. It's such a different environment in athletics. It develops so much as as you get like into the different levels. But I just remember like there being more carryover and and like my sprinting and my throwing and it was really complicated running from event to event for sure. Um, But yeah, I thought, I think I really liked how it was just like overall bare bones, like athleticism on display. And since the beginning, I've always found it really interesting. And it it was particularly like accidental that I ended up doing track and field. I remember I quit softball because I didn't want to play softball. I want to play baseball, but girls couldn't play baseball. (laughs) um and so you know I went um onto track and field and then I was supported immensely and um like my whole entire high school career in New Mexico like I remember going to state championships and people were cheering and and everyone was always really proud of me and they still are and and um it's just like vivid memories of being at state and winning and the whole crowd at UNM going crazy and it was really amazing
0: you mentioned you know those vivid memories what was it like when they you know put that gold medal around your neck oh yeah
1: yeah like so surreal like um I, it was like all the things you work for and it it comes into that one moment and you just wish it could last forever and it just happens too fast in my opinion but yeah it was amazing like it's like all your hard work pays off you know I've been training so hard and and being an athlete my whole life and it, it almost feels like it's for nothing until you get like tangible evidence of it.
0: Now continuing, you know, your career progression after high school, you made your way to Oklahoma state. Yeah. Why did you choose Oklahoma state?
1: Yeah, that was a lot less to do with me. I think, um, my, we went, I only, I got recruited quite a lot in high school, um, for throwing and sprinting. Um, but, we went on one visit to Stillwater, me and my mom. And I I think she just kind of fell in love with the fact that I was getting to move. And it was a bigger place than where I came from, which is pretty small. Um, And there's like a very small town feel in Stillwater. Um, And so I think she like fell in love. And, and it was also like halfway between her and my dad in Illinois. So it was really like a family decision. And my mom preferred it there. And I I thought the school spirit was like, like you went, you went to the town and everything was the school, and that was pretty amazing. Uh, but coming from a small town, my mom wasn't about to send me too far or to anywhere big, which was most my other recruiting opportunities. But it was a good decision because I I loved it a lot, and I just recently went back to be celebrated at a football game, and it's it's just an amazing town, an amazing school, and and I and I love that it's my alma mater.
0: What were those other schools that? you know, you were looking at, at that period of time.
1: There's so many, I remember UNM, of course, but I wanted to leave the state and kind of experience life. Um, and then, uh, Texas and I had some basketball offers and volleyball offers from like Texas tech. And it was just so many schools. I, I, I really wanted to go to Louisiana state, but my mom said, absolutely not. It was too far. she was like no way you're gonna go from small town New Mexico to Louisiana not happening um and then I really I liked like Florida as well but again my mom was not gonna have that
0: (laughs) now you you mentioned all these offers was there any you know pressure or any was it overwhelming to have all these offers for all these different great schools
1: um yeah I mean because it all happened like the end of my junior year so senior year felt a bit more important and and I remember there was just, like, this fear of injury that everyone, like, puts in your head, like, about, about like, schools, like, dropping you if you get injured. So I think I, I went into the season way more wary than normal. But um, I think I, I kind of like the pressure. Like, I, I've kind of always lived off it. Like, I think that's when you've done sports so long, you kind of develop in that way.
0: Now, continue with the theme of your college career. What was that like? How Can you describe that a little bit for me?
1: Yeah, um, I think I, I lolled a bit in college. Um, and that I think that was my fault. Um, I didn't like really train particularly hard or anything. It was kind of like that first time in my life where, you know, I was alone and I didn't have my mom there to kind of like enforce things on me. So I think I had like a pretty good college career, but I think it could have been better had I made better choices. Um, but, you know, everyone has a different path. Um, mine just ha- happens to be a little bumpier. Um, but yeah, I think I, sometimes I have regrets about college and not maybe training as hard as I could have and and stuff like that. But I'm still really proud of my uh, collegiate career for sure. But I definitely have um, some self-like, like uh reflection about it um now looking into like how I did this past season and how hard I trained like what I could have done earlier if I had started this kind of training like earlier in my life but you can't go backwards you can only go forward so
0: now you know sticking with that theme of going forwards you progressed from high school to college and you did what so many people hope to do and many never accomplishment or make that accomplishment you went pro you know you've competed at the highest level when did you know that you could you know make that jump was there a moment where you're like I can do this
1: yeah you know um i just i feel like i never really knew like like sport is such a gamble um like I said, I've, I've always done sports and, and like, I think it just created like a discipline in me. And it, and, and like I said before, my, I had a single mom. And so I think sport is where I learned like a lot of things, a lot of life lessons. It's kind of like where I became who I was. So I ha I always had the dream to pursue it like as a career, but like, you never really like I, I well I never really had that moment of like yeah this is going to happen because when I graduated college I I had thrown 1846 and I kind of thought like that would do something and and it really didn't even get me into anything or get anything going cuz the US is so competitive and so that that was kind of like hitting a wall of like can I do it can I not do it and and I just kind of like I said it's a gamble and I and I moved to Arizona for a new coach and and like started the snowball effect of like what I've done now, but it's all been just like throwing things into the water and hoping I catch a bite, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I, I never had a particular moment, but um, yeah, I think I, I'm happy about my, the path that I've been on, but it's been like, so up and down. Like I, I, I think I, I was not too optimistic about my life as a professional athlete. Um, although it was all I knew as a person, and I was really scared of losing
0: that. Now, between high school, collegiate, and now professional, you know, what does your training look like, and how has it differed through those ranks?
1: Yeah, um, I think it it changes so vastly from college to pro more than i thought i always thought college would fully prep me um for like what it'd be like um on the outside (laughs) but i find it like a lot different like there's so many more like peaks and and valleys and all this stuff and like right now i'm in off season and it's mainly like conditioning and and overall fitness stuff that you know you never think oh throwers have to condition but like I'm, I'm in this place where like, there's so many choices, but my training is just like, it's so, so much more like involved than I thought. So I'm in the off season training of conditioning and, 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 um, getting like my general fitness back up, my plyometrics back to where they were before my rest. And then I get into the season and I, and it's weird because I probably won't even throw a shot till like December, which is obviously, you know, not what you do in college. So, so you find, you find it a lot harder to like, like understand, but I, I've always said like, be a student of your sport. So I like to know why I'm doing what I'm doing. And it, and it's given me a lot more respect for, for the training we have to go through. Like there's, there's so much more than just lifting heavy weights and throwing a ball. Uh, (laughs) We got to lift and sprint and jump and, and all this stuff. And yeah, so I, I have such an involved program now, but it's working
0: (laughs) now you know you mentioned the physical side of that but you've also kind of spoke about you know the highs and the lows and kind of that mental aspect and I know that you know athlete mental health is a super big component in today's sports world can you talk to me a little bit about that and how you kind of go about that with training as well
1: yeah um I actually I always say like I wouldn't have done what I did this year without my sports psych, um my sports psychologist who helped me. Um she really got me through like some of those low times because like you 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 don't like you do all the training and you do everything, but you don't prep yourself for like failure or like the bad stuff. It, it seems like you just prep yourself for meets and you're not really ready. Um but I I put a lot of like effort into that now like like since what it's done for me and helping me um and uh, i spend a lot of my time like reading mental health like i mean um mental training books and stuff because i find it so important um to what we do i think all the training and all the skill and all that stuff means nothing if if you can't like handle your head like what what's happening in your head is so much more important than the physicality because I like we've seen many talented people from college not succeed professionally and I think that has a lot to do with it because you go from like a big fish in a small pond to a big fish in the ocean and and I think you have to have some mental fortitude to be able to handle that
0: going along with that idea of what's in your head you know when you step up and you're ready to throw what is going through your head in that exact moment
1: yeah uh Uh, I think now I have a way better, like um, I have a way clearer head when I, when I'm in the ring Um, before I remember my first like professional season, like on the circuit, like the real professional circuit. um, There was a lot of anxiety and fear and pressure that I wasn't handling mentally very well. Um, But now I always like, I have my mantras and stuff, but I just get in there and I, you know, I say, you've done all the work, you've done all the training, you've seen result in in practice now just execute it all. Um, and that's pretty much all that happens now. And and that's been really helpful for me um, this past season, because I learned to trust myself, my coach and my training. So that when it came meet time, I just had to put all of it into motion that I'd been working on so hard.
0: Now this past season, you were able to make, you know, an ac- a great accomplishment and you made history, American history, by becoming the first woman to win the shot Put world title and you were able to do that on American soil. Take me through that moment. What was that like?
1: Yeah, you know, I already feel so proud to represent, you know, my country in, in a sport like, like when we go to major championships, it just feels amazing. Um, but like the pride that I felt in that moment, like to bring home the first women's shot put gold for us and to do it at home and, and do it in front of a home crowd and, and, you know, kind of put us back on the map as far as women's shot put goes again. Like, it just felt really amazing. Like I, I've turned, I turned and I got to see my family, you know, for the first time ever in a major championship. Um, and it's just an indescribable feeling. Like I felt so proud. And, and I remember they, they flew the the Jets over right after I got the first medal and stuff. Cause it was also the first medal of the championships. Um. So yeah, it was, it was just, I, I, I don't think I, I'll i ever match that feeling again, bar the Olympics. Um, to just, just to do that and to do it at home was everything that I'd hoped for.
0: I can, I can only imagine. I know that, you know, like I told you before we got on this interview, I've watched your career and, to See that happen, that was amazing. Um, but you know, we mentioned that that happened on American soil, but you also get the opportunity to travel. So, where's been your favorite place that you've been to?
1: Yeah, me and my training partner were just talking about being sick of airports, and then we end up having to be in them even more off season. Uh, yeah, but I love traveling, I feel really blessed. I don't really get to do as much touring around as I wish I did, but um, I I will probably always say this, but I I love going to Poland. Um, when I go to Poland, um, it's like the only place I go to, and and the people crowd around the throwing sectors instead of the finish line. Um, so I feel like they have such a respect for what I'm doing, and it and it and it makes me like real. It pushes me to to compete well and and put on a show for them, and and they're really nice people, and and they respect the throws so much, which um, is hard to find all the time and in, in, in athletics and and I just I love them for it and and they always invite me back and they're really great even when I wasn't doing so good they were still inviting me but they're great people and they run great meets and they love throwing so I'm all about it.
0: You've already accomplished so much you know state championships in high school a great college career you've made a pro you know the gold medal but What's next for you? What goals do you have for yourself when it comes to the future?
1: Yeah, like I don't want to be like cliche or anything, but like I want it I like want it all. Um I never want to do something at half of what I can do it at and and I just feel like I have a lot more to give this sport and I have a lot further to throw and you know, um, I want to win as many championships as I can, I want to win the Olympics, I want to throw the world record, I just, I want it all, and and I think I'm capable as long as I just keep working as hard as I'm working now, and and training as hard as I do.
0: I know, I'll definitely be rooting for you, but um, we talked a little bit about what goes through your mind before you get up and throw, but Are there any pre-meet routines, pre throw routines that you always do? Any superstitions, anything like that?
1: I don't have any superstitions, but I do pretty much everything the same every day. Um, Not for superstition. I don't think it could probably could be actually, but no, I just, we usually have later meets. um, So I tend to make like my whole getting ready for the meat. Kind of like my routine. So I, I, I'm known for like my makeup. So I usually do a, a crazy makeup face and and my hair and watch videos and, and it and it's all just kind of the same every time. Get ready. And I always say look good, throw good. So <laughs> I usually spend my time doing that and just kinda I think it takes my mind off it. So I'm not just sitting there like in the in the pool of anxiety of like, you're about to go do this thing. So I just get ready and, and try and chill out. Um and then before like right when the, before the meet starts you know i just kind of i listen to the same playlist with all my jams on it and just warm up with my girls and go do my thing
0: no i got to ask if there was one song off that playlist that you know you had to pick what song would that be
1: um probably from the greatest showman uh never enough probably that's one i listen to the most <laughs>
0: Definitely a solid choice. Yeah. I'm sure that, you know, there's not much free time when it comes between training and meets and travel and everything. But when you do have that free time, what hobbies do you like to do? What can I find you doing?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I have even less free time now because I'm working on some projects and stuff because I'm, I'm trying to do more stuff. But I pretty much just play video games that's what i spend most of my time doing uh i play a lot of video games uh probably too many and then just kind of like because we are gone so much i spend a lot of time with like my friends and family that are around when i'm you know at home because i'm always leaving but yeah video games that's like all i do
0: <laughs> now can i ask what those projects are or have those been announced yet what
1: no. Not announced. I'm not like secretive. No, I just me and my training partner wanna like um maybe run some camps for some young kids out here in the UK and and um kind of I might I kind of want to start like coaching a little bit just to kind of spread the spread my vast knowledge, you know, this big brain I got to let it out.
0: <laughs> now, kind of going back to a question that I already asked. You know, we talked about your goals as a athlete do you think that, you know, when that time comes that you, you know, stop competing, would you be a coach? Is that what your goal is?
1: Um, I, I want to stay in athletics for sure. Like, um, I like sports has been my life for so long. Um, I even when I retire, I don't want to let it go. But, um, uh, I think right now I want, I'm kind of like dipping my toe to see if, I'm good at it or if I like it um I ran some camps with Ryan Whiting uh and that went really well and I really enjoyed it I always like helping like young athletes the question is would I coach like higher level I'm not sure but I think I could see myself coaching yeah for sure
0: okay now whether it's just life in general or you know in the track and field world who are some of your role models
1: Yeah, uh, I think my like main inspiration for life and shot put is has always been Valerie Adams, which is really weird now because we're friends. Uh, But she just because we're friends, she still remains to be one of my role models. I still um, look to her for advice in a lot of things. She was like the first person I called before Worlds um, or I talked to before Worlds um, because she had firsthand experience of the pressure I was under. And I just asked her, like, I told her, like, this is the first time I've been nervous all season. Like I, I'm going in ranked number one with all this pressure. Like, how did you do it so many times? And, you know, she just gave me advice, which I won't share because it's mine. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, um, I love her. She's great. and And I seek her advice in a lot of things because I think she's an amazing person and, and an even better athlete.
0: I won't make you share that pre world's advice, but if you did have to give some sort of advice. What would you give athletes?
1: yeah, i my again, not to be cliche, but it's like never give up, and I think i'm I'm a good like like example of that uh i had I've had quite a few downs um that I've been open about and everyone knows about, but I fought through them, and I think the only way you can get to your peak is if you have to fight through the the bad stuff and so no matter what anyone says you just got to keep moving like people told me to retire people told me i i should just get a real job and stuff like that even my family some of my family members and and i'm i'm glad i didn't listen because look where i'm at now you know um so yeah never give up and just got to fight through the downs to reach the ups
0: well that was the last question i had for you it was definitely great getting to hear your story and you know finding you know seeing the way that you found success so I just want to say thank you for you know taking some time out of your day and sitting down and talking with me
1: yeah of course thanks so much for having me
0: of course with that being said I'm Jared Mizraak from Double FM Sports and I'm signing off